Hey beautifuls, it's Amy Boyd and welcome to the Dear Teenage Girl podcast. I started this podcast in 2020 hoping to be able to relate to different teenage girls as I share my struggles that I've faced as a teenager because as teenagers we all face struggles and we all go through hard times but I also have someone on my side who I know helps me overcome these struggles and that's God. I hope that this podcast can help encourage you through these tough times to know that God's always got you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and make sure you check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday. Love you. Hey everyone and welcome to the podcast. Today I'm by myself, very sad, but next week I think I have a special friend with me, Aiden. Um, and so I'm super excited for that. We're going to be talking about the ways God provides and just and seeing how God moves and provides in every situation and I'm really excited for that because we haven't had a lot of boys come on this podcast and I know it's called like Dear Teenage Girl and so I guess that's for like most of the viewers to be girls but um, Aiden is a really good friend of mine and I think sometimes it's good to hear um, perspective from the other gender even if this is a podcast for girls you know um, <laughs> we love Aiden uh, anyway, today I'm going to be talking a little bit about how change can be a challenge. Um, I think change is something that I struggle with. Now, I wouldn't say that I'm like this person who like can't handle change at all. I think that um, I do like change sometimes. I am someone who is very spontaneous. Um, ask my friends, they'll talk to you about the last minute pancake um runs where we'll run to our house at lunch make pancakes eat them usually they're like burnt on the outside and absolutely raw on the inside and 90 percent chocolate chips um and then we go back to school and feel absolutely sick but at the time it was a lot of fun um or another spontaneous lunch event we'll like run home and make cookie dough quickly um, and then eat it. And then of course I'll come home and make sure everything is clean before my parents come so they don't see like this completely bomb that went off in the kitchen of my friends and I making cookie dough in the 50 minutes that we had for lunch. So I'd say that I'm a very spontaneous person, but I'm also someone who likes to have a plan. I'm someone who likes to have a schedule. Otherwise, I would say it's hard for me to focus. Like if I don't have a schedule, then um, instead of only watching one show, I might watch five and then feel like my life is wasted. I feel like that's something that happens to me a lot and then I go and I feel down about the rest of my day because I've wasted time. Um, so I'm also someone who likes a schedule if that makes sense. I like waking up at the same time. I like working out in the morning, reading my Bible and then I have the set schedule before school, go to school and I have the set schedule after school. It pretty much stays the same day to day depending um, on what um, events I have like Wednesday nights I have a youth group so I'm going to go to that after this podcast is out which is super exciting um, but I would say that as spontaneous as I am I'm also someone who likes everything um, and straight and so now you might be like how does that have anything to do with this podcast but I just I'm trying to say is that even though I am spontaneous I'm also someone who finds change scary and it can be challenging sometimes so let's just talk a little bit about this so I would say for a long time I've been going through a bit of a valley now um, I've been getting better I've been turning back to God I've been reading my Bible I've been doing the 25 days of Luke with you guys which I know I'm running behind on some days but um, it gets crazy busy and then I just post it the next day and I remember I still need to post for um, today I think I'm a, two days behind but it's fine we'll get posting um, but 
I've been going through a bit of a valley. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in that spot where you know you're in a valley and you know that all the cliche, uh, and you know all the cliche things that people will tell you. Like if you go and ask for advice, they'll be like, get back into God's word, talk to God, and then maybe listen to some worship music and you'll feel better. And for the most part, I would say that those cliche Christian answers do work. Um, and I felt that I knew what I had to do, but I just didn't do it. So I knew I needed to read my Bible, but no, I didn't. Um, and there have been a few times where I have struggled with mental health and I knew what I needed to do. Um, I needed to start taking care of myself. And I thought that what's the point? It's not going to change anything. Deep down inside, I really needed to wake up a bit earlier, um, eat a good breakfast, work out, get ready in the morning, actually brush my teeth, um, wash my face, get into a clean pair of clothes that doesn't have stains on it, and go and nourish my soul by reading my Bible, um, and then just exercise and nourish my body, eating healthily, um, actually eating. Um, but I also didn't want to do these things because change can be scary. So why am I sharing with this with you? I guess I would say that I want to give you something that you can relate. This is what has happened to me. This is my story and this is my past and sometimes still happens. But I'm sharing with this to you to share the next part that comes. And so this one, I'm trying to make it um, uh, more podcast feel like lots of talking, even though I don't have a guest, it's just me, but it's also a little bit more sermony, I would say. Um, there is a lot of Bible passages and I'm kind of relating it. So it's a little bit of a different podcast. And um, I just thought I would do this one because it was something that God really touched my heart with. And um, yeah, you'll have lots of more fun podcasts coming up. But I think that this is going to try to make it fun, but it's also something that people need to hear. And it's something that I definitely needed to hear when I was going through um, my valleys. And it's something that I still need to tell myself all the time. So basically, I became comfortable in this little um, schedule that I've created for myself. I would wake up one minute before school started, do the minimum of school, and then I'd watch Netflix for the rest of the day. Um, I might read my Bible once in a while, but it'd be more like a quick skim. Whereas before I would like get out my highlighters and my pens and my pencil crayons and I would write notes of what God is teaching me. I'd have my prayer journal. I'd write prayers. Sometimes I'd even write journals for my future husband. But now it was just turned into like a quick skim and it was like check off my list and then I'd go back to bed. This was also more in the pandemic time. So it was when we were closed in. This is um, a message that I wrote a little bit ago, but I thought it would be good to share right now. Um, but it still can happen still when I come home from school. I just all I want to do is watch TV because their life seems more interesting than mine. I can remember every day. I would just go to bed feeling so guilty and so like, ugh, you know? <laughs> ugh. Um, and this cycle was no good. So I'd cry to God apologizing about how my day went. And I would read my Bible, but I wasn't necessarily putting him first in my life. Um, I would definitely tell him the things I wanted to change. Um, but then in my prayer, and then I would fall asleep. And then when I woke up, nothing really changed. I would continue in the cycle. I guess I just kind of expected that like all of a sudden everything would just change. But looking back, I realized that I could not just cry out to God every night and then expect my life to all of a sudden be okay. Like I couldn't just half-heartedly pray and ask God for everything to 
be good and to change me and then expect to wake up and be a different perfect world like I guess uh an example of this what I thought would happen is in the movies um you'd be like I wish this would happen and then all of a sudden like you're in like this like alternate universe and everything's going your way um but this is in the movies um when God's gonna change something in your life there's definitely a process So I guess that I'm sharing this message with you um, is just to tell you that the reason that I wasn't changing was because I wasn't meeting God anywhere. It wasn't that God doesn't exist. It wasn't that God doesn't hear me. It wasn't that God doesn't care about me and doesn't want me to change. Those are not true. I think it, or I know it was because I wasn't meeting God anywhere. Yes, I was crying out to God. You could say that. But I was not doing anything else about it because I was scared. As I said earlier, I was definitely very comfortable in my cycle that I was in, I definitely did not enjoy it one bit. I'm, as I said, I went to bed guilty. I feel horrible about my life, but it was comfortable and predictable. And that's something that I definitely like in my life. And I know that a lot of people do like that comf- um, when their life is comfortable and predictable. So what was I scared about? I was scared to almost like listen to God. I, I was crying out to God. That was a step. Um, and I was asking for things to change. I wanted the situation around me to change. I wanted the COVID restrictions to change. I wanted the people around me to change because, man, sometimes people can be so irritating. But I knew that if I was actually going to listen to God, I wouldn't like his solution because I knew he would be telling me I need to change. Uh, not my parents, not my situation, not my teacher, I would need to change. And that's something that I don't like um, is when um, I have to admit that I need to change. There's one great character trait that I've inherited from my dad's family. Um, and I would say it's a pretty common characteristic and is pride. I do not like being wrong. I hate being wrong actually and I never ask for help for anything because I think that it makes me kind of look dumb and I hate to actually admit when I'm wrong I will do it if I do realize that I'm wrong I will admit that I'm wrong I will apologize um I really don't like the phrase I told you so But I always found that the scary part of changing was admitting that my ways were wrong and that I needed to listen to God over myself and over the world. And so I know I did that when I asked Jesus into my heart. I admitted that I was a sinner and I admitted that I needed him to come and and change me. Um, But it was almost like I had to do this again and I didn't really like that. This kind of brings me to the passage that I wanted to look at this week. When I was thinking about what passage I wanted to do um, for this story of change, I was looking for a Bible story to go along with um, the theme of change. And I thought that I'd choose a person who went through one of the most radical changes in the Bible. So the passage I had to read today is found in Acts chapter 9, if you want to read along. Um, and it's the story about an apostle. Um, so Acts 9, let's start at verse 1 and 2. Meanwhile, Saul was still Um, breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. 
So in this passage, we see that Saul is killing Christians, and we know that he is planning to go to Damascus and kill the Christians there. But if we actually take a look at some context, we know that Saul was not an atheist. So an atheist means a person who believes, who does not believe in God. It's not a person who believes in God. Okay, an atheist is someone who does not believe in God. They don't believe that God even exists. And actually, if we look um, in the Bible, we do see that Saul was um, a Pharisee. So he would have lo- grown up learning about God at a very young age and would have to read the Old Testament numerous of times. He would study that. And... Um, Saul was not an atheist at all. He actually loved God. And he thought by killing Christians, he was pleasing God. Um, He was killing the Christians because he did not believe that Jesus was the son of God. So Saul was very set in his traditions and the ways of the Pharisees. So when he started killing these Christians, he actually was thinking that he was doing it for God. If he was killing these people who were sharing the gospel of Jesus, then God and the religious leaders could be the main focus. So killing, Saul killing Christians was for God, but it was also for the religious leaders because they had some pride as well. I'm glad that um, we have something in common. I'm just kidding. I'm not glad that we have something in common, but like, it's nice to see that someone else struggles with pride. When reading this passage, I can under, never understand why Saul didn't see that Jesus was the Messiah. I mean, I always is like, if you were a Pharisee, didn't you read the Old Testament? Can you not see how like all these prophecies are being fulfilled? Um, but I wonder, and this is my inference, it's not actually written in the Bible. If it was not so much that Saul didn't believe in Jesus, so much as he didn't want to believe in Jesus. Whether or not Saul didn't want to believe in Jesus or didn't believe in Jesus, he was set in his ways and tradition. Saul is comfortable he doesn't want to believe that there is another way or that another way has come yet because once Saul acknowledges that he believes that Jesus is the son of God slash is God then this means that he's going to have to change the Pharisees were often roasted by Jesus um, when he was still on earth because they took the law and they would add more rules to it making it so complicated to follow all these rules and they would make the law their main focus over God almost idolizing the law. So you see, the point of the law was not to be idolized. It was to not to take the place of God. It was actually the opposite. It wants, it was to show us how much we need God. So if you think about the last time you sinned, the last time you broke one of the 10 commandments, it wasn't that long ago, was it? I know for me, it definitely wasn't. You just see that God gave the Israelites the law to show them how Um, That no matter how hard they try, they will never be able to be with God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the law is a temporary reminder of how much we need a Savior. So when Jesus comes, the Pharisees realize that getting into heaven is no longer based on them and their laws and is no longer based on working and following the law. It is no longer based on sacrifices because now Jesus dying has been the final sacrifice. Acknowledging and believing that Jesus was the Son of God would mean that Saul could no longer change others, make sure that others were following the law, and make sure that others were doing their sacrifices. Now Saul would have to change himself, humble himself, and realize that he is a sinner in need of a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus. So I don't know what it is about change and working on yourself, but that is always the hardest. Sometimes it can be pride that's getting in the way. Um... 
but it's also because with who you are now is predictable and comfortable. When you start to change, you no longer have control. Now you have to surrender all the control to God and change can be scary. So how are we like Saul and how are we holding on? What are we holding on to that we can't let go? So sometimes I know the right thing to do is, but Satan likes to do this thing where he whispers in your ear. Really, is this really true? Is this really what God says? Is So my good old frenemy is back and that is good old doubt. We need to ignore that doubt and start doing what God is telling us to do and listen to God. In verse three to five, it says, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Here, God is revealing himself to Saul. Um, Sometimes we need to seek out God and God will reveal himself to us. Sometimes we need to go to God and God will reveal himself to us. But sometimes it's even when we are not looking for God when he reveals himself to us with what we need. For Saul, God revealed himself in this big scene. Saul saw Jesus and became blind. But more times than not, the small things are how God reveals himself. And I know what it is like to want God to reveal himself in his big way and some big miracle so I can know it's really God. God is not always going to do that. Maybe he will reveal himself to you through a friend. Maybe it's through a song or a podcast. But what is important here is that God did not reveal himself to Saul. He also confronted Saul. He said, Saul, why do you persecute me? God reveals himself to me sometimes, and it's an amazing feeling. But when God reveals himself to you, we cannot be looking for, to him as a rescue boat. We need to also be looking for the life jacket. So when you see a rescue boat, it will come to you when you are drowning and it will sail you the rest of the way home. But God is like a life jacket. He reveals himself to you and confronts you. So he still makes you swim to shore. When you find that life jacket, you're still swimming to shore. But that what he's giving you is the knowledge on how to do it, which is kind of like that lifeguard, uh, life jacket. He gives you that life jacket. So you have that protection to get home, but you still have to do it yourself. We need to be aware that God of God revealing himself to us, but we also have to be aware of the confrontation that goes with it. I know that that's the hardest part because change is scary, but remember that God loves us so much and when he confronts us, it is to help us and when we change, it is to benefit us. So on to verse 6, Jesus tells Saul, now get up and go to the city where you will be told what you must do. So Saul started out as comfortable where we are sometimes. He did not want to believe in Jesus. For me, I was comfortable and I did not want to listen to Jesus for the fear of change. Sometimes we know change needed to happen, but we are comfortable. So then, point one, Jesus reveals himself to Paul. Jesus show, or reveals himself to Saul. Jesus shows Saul that he is real. Then point two, he confronts Saul for persecuting him. And point three, God instructs Saul to go, go to Damascus. Once we have been confronted, sometimes we will need that instruction to know what to do. For some people, they're struggling with maybe an addiction or they need to change. So God reveals himself to them, confronts them, but then they're not sure what to do next. We need to listen to God's instruction because that will make the change way easier. 
We sometimes don't want to change because we don't want to give the control to God. We want to keep control of our life because it makes us feel safe. But we as Christians need to surrender our life and con- and the control. We need to have we need to hand it over and give it all to God and God will help us by instructing us. We just need to believe. One great way God instructs us is through his word and that's why it's so important to be reading God's word. I can say for sure that I'm not perfect. I get busy and I don't always read my Bible every day. But I also realize that I will never grow unless I'm digging into God's word. So maybe one way to keep accountable is by asking friends to keep you accountable. Maybe you have a specific routine to keep you accountable, or maybe you even have a spot you know you do your devos for that day. For me, I like to wake up a bit earlier so I can read my Bible in the morning. I take a second and think, what is God instructing me to do? When you are reading your Bible, pay attention to God's instructions. I know sometimes you're reading your Bible and it can be so hard to focus, especially the Old Testament when it's all these laws. Or I find the worst ones are so-and-so had a kid at 700 and died at 900. But who knows, maybe even that is not as interesting and your eyes glaze over quickly, skimming over that section of the Bible. But maybe God will use it to instruct you. So now we are at point number five. I hope you are writing this down, but if you're not, don't worry about it. Just listen back. I can get extra views. I'm just kidding. But um, I hope that you're at least taking note of it in your head. Um, If you're listening to this while you're driving, I would suggest not to write it down just yet. Um, But make sure you make a mental note of it. So point five, God provided. So you know that Saul is blind. He's told where he needs to go to Damascus. And so his escorts are there to help him along the way. And in Damascus, there's a certain servant of God named Ananias, who probably is scared to death because he hears that the Jewish leader is coming to kill all the Christians. And Ananias is a Christian. So Acts chapter 9, 10 to 11 says, In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for the man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. So God called Ananias to go and see Paul. God provided someone for Saul. It won't always be a person, but God will always provide for you. Make sure you're not so focused on getting your life back together on your own that you miss the people and resources or things that God is providing for you. Now that God provided for Saul, he used that someone to heal Saul, not just physically, but spiritually. Physically, Ananias placed his hand on Saul for Jesus to heal him. But God also healed him spiritually. In Acts, or Acts 13, Luke says, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit. To show change Saul went through, he is actually renamed Paul. You see, God can change an, um, an assassin into an apostle for God's glory and purpose. I know this seems scary sometimes, but God can change you too. God wants the best for your life, and he uses everything for the good according to his purpose. But life is way more enjoyable when we let go of the control and the comfortableness and the predictability of our lives and surrender it to God. Is it easy? 
absolutely not. I'm still working on it. Yes, I'm constantly trying to take back the control of my life when things get scary. I'm scared of change and unfamiliarity, but I also trust that God will provide and heal. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Like I said, it was a bit more of a preachy one, but I hope that you really took something away from this message. Um, make sure you tune in to next week where I'm with my friend Aiden and we're talking about how God provides for our life. And make sure that you go back and listen to some other fun episodes. Um, I think that God is speaking to me so much in these episodes and I hope that there's something that you need to hear. Um, and I just pray that they will reach anyone who needs to hear them. So what does God do? He sees our struggles and our valleys and he finds us where we are comfortable, but then he reveals himself to us, confronts us, instructs us, and provides for us. And lastly, he heals us. When the devil cannot tempt you, he makes you comfortable. Don't let the devil control your life. Let God control your life. I think the biggest or in the hardest part for me, it's to give my control over to God. It's something that I want. It's something that I need. I need that control, but it's something that's worth it. So I pray that you learn to give that control over to God. And I pray that you learn to listen to God. And I pray that this message was encouraging. Have a great day.